Hello and welcome to the first episode of A New Grip, the podcast. Uh, my name is Mike and this is my wife, Melissa. We're just very excited to be here and to uh, talk about different topics that have to do with uh, taking a new grip in life. I was a 20-year pornography addict and that is central to our story and to how um, God pulled us out of that and put us on dry ground and placed us on a rock. So welcome. We hope uh, you're somewhere comfortable right now and that uh, you can hear us. We're excited to get started. Um, Today's topic, we're talking about uh, relapses, slip-ups, and the like. And recently I had a slip-up. I was uh, looking at things I shouldn't have been looking at on the internet. And although it was not pornographic in nature, um, just it was in places I, I shouldn't have been. And so I confessed to my wife, and she was extremely gracious to me. But in the aftermath of that, we've had to deal with that that reality. And so we just wanted to come, and, and we know a lot of people deal with that, that it is a common thing that marriages go through, relapses, slip-ups. And so we just wanted to come and um, talk about what we've recently gone through and and help you through these situations too, these circumstances that arise, help you to navigate those. So, um, you know, you're probably pulling up instances in your own life where this has happened. We, we know it's, it's common in our world um, where we're fighting these addictions, we're fighting these um, sin habits, and we get on top of them or we're able to surrender them for a while, but then sometimes life gets us down in a number of ways and we find ourselves in a place we don't want to be and, uh, and then we have to process through that. So we have a few thoughts and tips for you today, things that we have gone through that have worked, that haven't worked. Um, and so that's our topic today. It certainly has been a rough day. Um, just dealing with this from early morning and trying to process everything, it has been just a kind of a whirlwind of emotion uh, some of the wives who have dealt with confession will realize that right after we hear the confession, oftentimes there is almost like a shock and you don't don't really react with negative emotion at first. And so as, the, as you start to process, things start to become weighted and it just it gets heavier and heavier. And that's kind of how our day went today. Um, in the past, we would have done a much worse job of processing these emotions. I think that I did a, I think that oftentimes I would feel like I had the right to make him feel bad when things would be difficult. And I knew that we wanted to do this differently. I knew I wanted to do things better. And so right away, we started with prayer this morning. We knew that it was going to be essential, that we were not going to be able to do this on our own. And my prayer throughout today was that I would not handle this um, under my own emotion, that I gave God the authority over my emotions today, because I didn't want to end today. I didn't want to get to this point today and still be in a really bad place where uh, we were just not on the same team. I wanted to feel like at the very least we were still on the same team. 
And I would say we did a pretty good job of that. I would feel that it would, despite the difficulty and the processing, I would say, I feel like we're on the same team deal. Yep. I would definitely echo that. It felt like, yeah, it was a difficult day. Um, just cause of the, the nature of, of a confession and, and the aftermath, but then I thought we did a very good job of communicating throughout the day and striving to be on the same page and to uh, stay in those difficult conversations. I know in the past I would just uh, try to avoid them or just shut down or, um, you know, sometimes when you're facing that kind of stress from situations like this, you just want to sleep, you just want to take it easy, you just want to find some way to escape those feelings. So I felt like today we did a good job of being intentional about staying in those conversations, about wrestling with those feelings, about not fleeing, but turning and and, um, entering into the fight, so to speak. Not fighting each other, but just the fight with these feelings, with these emotions, not just letting them sit there. I think that in the past was something that really was debilitating, that there would be these emotions and I didn't want to deal with them, but then they would just stay there. They would just sit and they would, uh, they would just kind of flavor everything that was going on in my life. And, it, and, and they wouldn't just go away. And so I thought today we did a really good job of being intentional about um, wrestling with those things. I agree. And I think that oftentimes this is where the shame cycle would often um, kick into gear, where I would be emotional and I would want you to be hurt just as badly as I felt. And so I would just cut into you and I would shame you and that would just make you feel worse. And we'd just get through this shame cycle. And we stayed in that shame cycle for a very long time for the first couple decades of our marriage. Um, But that's not to say that you can't grieve. Like today was a day of grieving. So we just gave each other room to grieve. And um, so there was just Sometimes I would have questions that I would ask him, and those were difficult questions. Um, They were the why, why did this happen, how did it happen, Um, what led to this, and after you get a little bit of understanding, you know, then I needed some space to process again, and there were more questions like, um, what are we going to do in the future, and um, what does this mean? And just those types of things. So it was the whole day we just gave each other room to grieve and to kind of analyze and understand what what was going on. And I think I think you did a really great job of that. You didn't make me feel bad for just having the questions. You answered the questions truthfully. I thought you did a really great job of that. Thank you. Um, but yeah, on my end, I felt like that was what the whole day was about, was just trying to get my, wrap my head around it. Um, uh, the second thing I'd say is just not allowing the enemy to get a foothold through this. You know, what he, he wants to disrupt your life, disrupt your relationship with, with your spouse, but also disrupt your relationship with God. And I can see how he used to be very effective at that because I would just want to avoid those feelings. Or like Melissa was saying, she would enter into that shaming cycle. She'd, she'd want to shame me because um, of the feelings she was experiencing. And so the enemy was getting a foothold, was coming in, was, was being very disruptive. And so uh, you want to avoid that. You want to keep him at bay. You want to 
um, shut that door and not let him in to be able to have that opportunity to disrupt like that and disrupt your relationships. So I think we did a good job of that today by entering into those conversations and being intentional about that and not running away from it. And I think that also helps us to avoid feelings of um, self-pity or bitterness or uh, just dwelling on um, those things or, or feeling you know depressed about it and then isolating. You know, if we just confront those things head on, and, and that will kind of take that opportunity um, away from the enemy. And so I thought we did a pretty good job of that as well today, which is something that, you know, in the past used to really harm us and cause this to just perpetuate for many days because we allowed the enemy in and allowed him to have his way and to be disruptive. And, and it caused a lot of damage. And we know you experienced that too. You know, when these things happen, that the enemy gets in, and that's exactly what he wants to do. And once he's in, he can cause all kind of uh, um, feelings, uh, bitterness or whatever it might be, and, uh, and then we dwell on those. I think it's important to just kind of recognize the language of the enemy too. When, you're, when your thoughts are racing throughout the day, and it's hard not to obsess over what happened, especially when there's a lot of emotion involved. But um, when you are trying to process those thoughts and you hear things like the always and never, we've tried to kind of outlaw always and never in our relationship when we're speaking to each other because we recognize those are usually not words that are helpful and they're usually not true either. Um, But the enemy likes to use those words too, like um, you always knew it was going to happen eventually or um, we're never going to be very far beyond this. Or those lies that make it feel, it makes it far greater than what the truth is. This was a small slip up. This was a, it was a very small slip up, honestly, but that enemy wants to try to magnify it. Remember, he is meant to come to kill, steal, and destroy. And if he can get in between Mike and I, he's going to do everything he can to cause a wedge, especially when we're trying to help other people and trying to talk to other people about this problem. He does not want this to be in the light. So he's going to do everything he can to try to magnify it and make it worse than it is. Um, I know self-pity is huge. It was huge for me. Um, something that I still have to fight sometimes. You, The enemy just gets in there with thoughts and trying to make me feel like I deserve something. I deserve to feel bad. I deserve... Um, yeah, just to, I don't know, have just kind of that time you where have that moment to feel sorry for yourself. Yeah, but it honestly, it just revolves around me. Then it just becomes a very selfish thing. And when you're looking constantly at you, and it revolves around you, you realize it's probably not from God either. So I think that keeping your focus on God, continuously steadying your mind on God, like Isaiah 26, 3 says, um, is just really important. Keeping your eyes fixed on Him and not on the surroundings, not on what's the problems going on. Otherwise, this could have been, there's times where this kind of a setback, I don't know, what would you think? Couple, At least a couple weeks it would knock us out? Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yep, it would take its toll and, and keep us down for a couple weeks just because we wouldn't be processing it uh, appropriately. We wouldn't be keeping our minds focused on God, but that we would uh, 
just focus on our pain and our fear and uh, allowing our, our minds to kind of um, magnify or allowing the enemy to cause us to magnify um, what had happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, then it would just keep going. And that kind of brings us to our third point. And I don't want in any way to make it seem like this isn't important because it is. Um, when there is a slip up, it gives you new information. And I think that is very, very inform- It is very helpful to have that new information. But I just want to make sure that it doesn't become so prominent that um, it gets more weight than it ought to, that it overshadows the good things God has been doing and the good things God has done. Um, just kind of being able to step back from the whole situation and look at the situation from a new perspective or from an eternal perspective, a godly perspective, gives you the chance to um, not give it more weight than it than it ought to. Or even a few months down the road, are we going to look back and think this was as big of a deal as it feels like today? Um, so we really want to make sure that you use the knowledge. Why those things that we processed, why did it happen? Did I respond the way that I would have liked to respond? Did I respond with grace and love? Um, so when you look back over today, what would you feel like went, let's do the, what do you think we could have done better? And then we'll end on a good note. What do you think we could have done better today? I don't know. I thought we did a good job of just having conversations about what had happened and being open and honest about those things. I agree. So I feel like um, there's anything we could have done better is, is had those conversations even earlier in the day. Cause I think some of them happened when I came home for lunch and then after I got home from work, some of them happened. But again, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. We, it was, um, I think those conversations took place when they were meant to take place. You can't rush processing through this. So you have to be careful there too. And sometimes I think as a guy, I want to talk about it and be done with it and move on as fast as possible. And, right. Um, you know, that cheats the, the process of dealing with these feelings. So I think uh, you can go through this too fast too. But I thought, uh, I thought we had a good pace today, so to speak. And on, on my end, um, Hebrews twelve eleven says, "No discipline, or no, yeah, no discipline is pleasant, but painful." And it says later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. And so, going through these things is like discipline. You know, you're having to talk about what happened, and it's it's negative because you made some bad choices. So it's very uncomfortable. It's hard to do, um, but it's the right thing to do even though it's, it feels painful. Uh, but, and then later on, because you have um, you've committed to that process and you've gone through this painful thing, this difficulty, then there's this, this righteousness that comes from that and, and this peace. And so I'm feeling that right now is this, this peace that comes from having dealt with this in the right way. Whereas before, it would just kind of, this residue would just kind of sit on me because I wasn't dealing with it in the right way. And so I, I would just, that would stay with me and I wouldn't feel that peace. I would just feel turmoil about it. 
And so that that's the other piece is just um, learning from it and then being able to move forward appropriately and move forward with peace. And that feels so good. It feels so good to move forward with peace. You know, when I got to that moment and I was going to confess to Melissa um, what had happened, you know, there was just this heat of conviction that was sitting on me. It was very difficult. And then even today, I felt like I could recognize some of the words of David in the Psalms, just feeling my transgressions like a weight on me, right? And feeling my guilt, right? Not shame. I didn't feel ashamed. I didn't, I didn't feel that shame, which was good, right? I shouldn't feel shame, but I felt guilt, you know, and I should have, I, I was guilty, but at the end of the day, I can say I, can, I feel peace again because we've gone through this in the right way and we've been open and honest and had had the conversations that needed to happen and we haven't given uh, the devil a foothold here. And so that feels very good. There's a lot of peace that comes from that. I would agree with that. So what do you think? Okay, is there any, I'm trying to think, was there anything that we, I really felt you responded to me well. I mean, you never made me feel bad for asking the questions. You listened you responded um patiently i thought you did a great and you gave me space when i needed space so i thought you did a great job um i think there can be times when um it's hard to respond to questions because there just isn't a good answer mm -hmm. and so i think you know there have been times in the past where i felt pressure like i needed to give an answer and i just didn't have an answer to give mm -hmm. there's just sometimes there's no answer there's nothing that can be said that can make it better or make it go away in that moment. Right. But we want that magic answer. Yes. Yep. <laughs> we want you to tell us something right. that will make it all okay. Well, I think there's temptation in those instances to like say the right thing to try and give you what you're asking for, even though that just isn't helpful. So I think I resisted that today. I didn't feel very much temptation to do that because we were so open about uh, those questions and about what had happened. But I know in the past I've felt that like I needed to give a good answer. I needed to give the answer you were looking for to give you some peace about it. A lot of, you know, most of the time there is not an answer that can give peace in these situations. Um, I just kind of want to make a note too with all the social distancing. We're right now, I don't know when you are listening to this, but right now we are right in the middle of social distancing and quarantine um, because of the coronavirus, the COVID-19 pandemic. And um, because just all the awful repercussions from all of this, there has been a lot of loss of jobs. There has been people who are struggling financially and just people at home and having to work on computers, whereas they are used to being in a different environment. And uh, so right now, pornography has gone up, what was it, 11.6%? Something like that, yeah. Something like that, 11.6% um, in the recent month or couple months. Mm -hmm. And um, so we know that there are people out there who are dealing with these very same things right now. And uh, we just want to give you hope that you can walk through this the right way. We did it the wrong way often, but we never sought any guidance or help. And so hopefully you can learn from our mistakes and from us doing, doing it right and just have a better outcome and learn from those things and 
end up doing um, doing better. I know another thing that we ended up doing is to have to use this new knowledge to make sure that we have better boundaries in the future, which give it makes me feel like I can relax just a little bit knowing that there are some things in place that we're making some changes so that this doesn't continue to repeat itself. So with new understanding, you know, because he answered those questions, we were able to have that time to process today. We were able to have new knowledge to be able to put into place some new boundaries and, and things like that to avoid the situation in the future. So um, just if this is happening in your marriage right now, in your home right now, just know that you can put some new things into place. If it's done, it's done. But don't just feel like, don't just feel defeated. Have those tough conversations. Walk through this. Pray and pray together. Pray separately. Ask God to be the authority over your marriage, over this difficulty. And um, just allow yourself the opportunity to learn from the situation and grow from the situation and do better the next time. Thanks for tuning in today to our first episode of A New Grip, the podcast. We, uh, we hope you'll tune in next time. Thank you. Thank you.